What's up, Albuquerque? Do you ever have one of those mornings where you go to your kitchen cabinet and realize you're out of coffee? Oh, the horror. Well, worry no more because Red Rock Roasters has a new subscription plan where you will never run out of coffee again. Don't believe me? Go down to their brew house and check it out on Jefferson. You can sign up for a subscription for all of your favorite coffees handpicked by their roasters. What's not to love about that? You're gonna have coffee for the rest of your week, month, year, etc. Believe me, it's a necessary thing. Kind of like breathing, actually. Yeah, caffeine is kind of like breathing. I don't know. Anyway, head over to Red Rock Roasters, check it out, and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. And this is What's Up ABQ. Welcome back to another episode of What's Up ABQ. I am Ryan. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are with... Uh, Kevin Wade, Griffin Wig Advertising Albuquerque. Awesome. And where are you guys located? So we are located in one executive center, 8500 Manal Boulevard, Northeast, Suite A120. Cool. All right. So tell us, how did you first start getting in to marketing, advertising, the whole thing? So uh, I went to Texas Tech University back in uh, over in Lubbock, Texas. I feel like more people have almost heard about that now first because of basketball. So it's, it, people know a little bit more. And then Patrick Mahomes being in the NFL now. That's kind of our claim to fame right now. So um, that's how most people know of, of Texas Tech and Lubbock if they didn't already. But not too far from here, went to school at Texas Tech, started in electronic media and communication, did broadcast journalism, realized that in the media was not quite for me, but there was still plenty to be done as far as creativity in the in the creative fields, in the fields of journalism, in the fields of marketing, advertising, public relations. So I got my graduate degree in media and communication with a focus in advertising and visual communication. And then I started working for Griffin Wink Advertising. Uh, as a graduate student, I did graduate research with Griffin Wink Advertising. It was in the fields of social media. So this was back, I think, 2000, 2012, 2013. Okay. And so the point, maybe even a little later than that, but the whole point was that social media Media was becoming a more viable option for businesses, no longer just personal, and it was no longer seen as this niche advertising and niche promotional area. Social media advertising had really started to come into its own uh, as a way to engage, as a way to promote. And so I did research for the agency along those lines to see how we could use it better as an agency, but also how we could use it better for our clients. So kind of a, a full scope, 30,000 foot report, and then and when my internship was over and my graduate research had been submitted, they said, great, come on and implement it. So I came on board in the area of social media marketing and eventually became the social media manager for the agency. And then uh, from there went into account management for the whole digital side of the agency. Uh, and then it was a few years ago that they decided that they wanted to branch out of Texas and look for new markets to go into. I said, I'm Albuquerque born and bred. Grew up here, went to school here, and I said, I think there's room. There are tons of creative people. There are tons of new businesses. Since 2008, Albuquerque has very much been climbing itself out of the recession. Absolutely. And just in the last few years, we've seen that really, really take hold. A lot of entrepreneurship 
a lot of new ideas, a lot of gentrification of certain areas, a lot of building up of other areas. And so we really wanted to be a part of that. How have you seen things change here over when you grew up here to when you came back? More beer. Yeah. No. So <laughs> that's what? Where? I, that's true. Yeah. Where? What are you talking about? Yeah. No. So that. Um, but I mean that 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 dumb statement it does kind of encompass this idea, this craft mentality. Right. It, there's it's so much more a what it's it's less of what can we bring in to make us look cool, to make us grow. Where can we pull from other places? Where can we pull from what other people are doing to help us have our own say in the matter? Whereas now, over the last few years, Albuquerque and New Mexico itself has really, I feel like, taken hold of who they are as a state, uh, who, as a who city. Who do you think they are? Um, I think we are. <laughs> who do you think are we? we are. I think, Where do we come from? I think we're just like a really idealistic, like, 22-year-old. Okay. Like, that's kind of where I think we are right now. I can see that, Because actually. you grow up, you that, mature, yeah. and you figure out that you like a few things, that you don't like a few things. You're willing to accept help from some places. You're 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 not willing to accept help, and you want to learn from other places. And Albuquerque has, it's, it's still got the feel of the land of manana. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it. Wouldn't it be nice? if this would happen, but maybe we'll let someone else do it. Like, wouldn't it be great if that happened? I'll, I'll wait around and cheer for them when someone else does it. But we're still starting to find a few of these businesses, a few of these entrepreneurs, a few uh, young business people, a few business people that have been around for, the long, for a long time that have new mentalities that are willing to branch out. And so that's why I think, you know, that's why I think we're, 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 we're very idealistic, but we're still wary. You right. know, we're still very wary of what we do right now, um, just as a city as a whole. And I know this is just broad generalizations and we're lumping a lot of things into just one you know broad area but but I think that's a good start for Albuquerque and mm -hmm. I, I think that we are I think you're right I think that there's a lot of idealism here and it's kind of grabbing onto those ideas and putting roots yeah. down with those ideas yeah. maybe which I think we're seeing a lot more of and a lot of times as with any business idea as with any college aged humans striving out and, and, and going out on their own, you do make mistakes and there are things that don't work as well and you learn from that. I think so much of this craft mentality of this do-it-yourself, of pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality comes from trying something that we think is going to work and then having to pull back, retool it, and then put it back out there to the market, put it back out there to the people. So my question for you would be, how do you market to people that have that idealistic mentality, maybe they are, and I'm just speaking for my personal demographic, I'm 35, mm -hmm. right? Maybe people my age have a little more expendable income than they did before. We're kind of not sure where to put it. You know, there's a lot of opportunity to spend money in the city, right? Yeah. So how do you market to people like me? That's actually really interesting. So I'm actually, it's, <laughs> it, Texas and New Mexico, two states that are right next to each other that could not be more different mentality-wise. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really, what we've seen is something really, really interesting is the comparison between, the, between those two states. In Texas, you have the mentality as, as both a, a buyer and a client. So we work with clients to help advertise to their target market to reach their buyers. Very, very much, I think, one moves into the next. People in Texas, again, this is all just speaking very broadly, right. but from what we've seen, people are very willing to trust. People are willing to try new things very freely. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the good old boy mentality right. of just like, well, you know, I'm going to trust you until you give me reason not to trust you. Uh, and that goes for purchasers as well. Texans want to try things. They want to do things. They want to be Austin weird. They want to be Dallas cool. They want to be right. West Texas. Texas chill. And so they're more willing to just try things. New Mexico, 
we've been hurt before, right? Right. You know, the, our, our history has a lot of that pain involved with it. Not I feel only, like I approach things very skeptically. Yes, exactly. You know. As a business or as a purchaser, as a buyer, as somebody who's going to give a certain part of your life to something, whether as a business owner, as someone who's just going out and accepting a, a, a new plumber to come to come uh, take a look at your AC system, um, all the way down to just buying a new shirt. New Mexicans ask so many questions, which I think is good because then that means that what you're left with ultimately, hopefully, is the is the best of any given area. And so basically the, the job of businesses in New Mexico and for marketing agencies in general in New Mexico, I believe, is to tell the story the best way that you possibly can. For marketing, placement's always absolutely important. Imagery is always important, but as if, if we're talking about what is going to what is going to pr- provide that sense of security for people? It's the story that mm-hmm. you tell. You see this in things like New Mexico True. You see this right. in 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 stories that are Which being I told love, of this state exactly. But it's a story, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a whole story that's that that you know. Anytime you see anything about Balloon Fiesta, anything you see, anytime you see anything about Old Town, Meow Wolf, the new Netflix that just went in over there, we're telling a story, and it's very much more story oriented than anywhere else. A lot of advertising is, you know, these days you have to figure out a way to punch through the noise. And every blog you read and every video um, you you watch and every podcast you listen to is all about creating that next thing that's going to just punch through all of the noise of mediocre advertising. But I think more than that in New Mexico, it's about making sure that you tell that story in a way that makes people trust you. So you have to be an exceptional storyteller. So one of the things I wanted to ask was, I feel like New Mexicans know about New Mexico. Yeah. But do you think we're getting to where we're finally going to burst that insular bubble? Or do you, like, what, what do you, I mean, because things are changing, you know? know? Well, I think New Mexicans get so upset when you read a Wall Street Journal article or a BuzzFeed article. It's just like... Who knew that this hidden place called Taos, New Mexico even existed? (laughs) New Mexicans are like, we knew! It's here! We've been going! We've been trying to tell you! People from Colorado. People, New Mexico collectively just started heaving bricks at Colorado when their governor was like, our green chili's amazing! (laughs) We flipped out, right? (laughs) The meme-verse went nuts. And took part in that a little too. (laughs) Exactly! And so... And so New Mexico wants that so badly. And I think with places like Meow Wolf, Meow Wolf has been a huge, uh, huge factor in that. People are finally starting to to see New Mexico, especially the central New, northern New Mexico area, as kind of this next weird area. So you talk about like Portland, you talk about Austin, you talk about, um, I think even like, uh, what am I trying to think of? The East Coast, uh, Charlotte, no. Um, Asheville. Asheville, yeah. So like, yeah, it's like another. <laughs> I was like, over there. I'm like, I know. But yeah, these yeah. weird play. But again, that's that one's still kind of emerging a little bit right. as well, or like Portland, Maine, even. And then like New Mexico wants so much to be a part of that, right. while still showing that like, hey, not only can be weird, we can be weird, but we can be innovative. Right. We can be technology oriented. And so I think things like Facebook putting a data center here and Netflix putting their first solid production studio here that really helps offset things like Intel's problems over right. in Rio Rancho. It, re- it shows people that, look, there's always going to be overturn. There's always going to be changes to the status quo. But we as New Mexico, we are able to take that and run with it mm-hmm. because we are creative and we are innovative. 
you so much of what you see in New Mexico is the creative contingent trying to crawl out of the woodwork to make themselves known. We have so many designers, so many artists, freelance everything. You walk into what was it, Little Bear Coffee is yeah. a quarter mile down the road. You walk into Little Bear Coffee and you could shout, "I need somebody to design me a logo," and five people sitting at the bar will raise their hands. I'm doing that right I'm now. I'm doing what that do right want? now. I'm sitting here right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Justin's gonna design your logo and he's gonna design your website and the barista behind the bar is going to take your videography like it's all there and right. everybody wants a piece of that to show people what we're doing which I think it's a really cool time for New Mexico and the creative or the creator space the creator space the you know the, the influencer space right. because there's so much content coming out that that's surrounding around New Mexico right now there's always been content creators out of LA there's always been content creators out of San Francisco out of New York out of Miami that you expect that well and I think you have to sort through all the noise in cities like mm. that too because yeah, there's we were so just talking much about right. that. I, I, I was meeting with a friend of mine to help with the own creative stuff that we're doing besides this yeah. and uh, speaking of all that and uh, she was saying yeah she had been in publishing and at first she was down that you know she wasn't in New York but then yeah. her friend was talking about it with her and they were like well you know it's kind of good that you're not it's saturated yeah yeah yeah, because except for these these little pockets, little of fish in a big pond. Well, we've grown so used to like New York and LA and blah blah blah, and it's like what about everybody else, you know? And I feel like New Mexico has a spirit of creativity, of culture, its own thing that's mm -hmm. been doing since time out of mind. Yeah, and it's like we can do this all day. Yeah, well, I you think know? that's the thing it's is there's the room for everybody here. Like there's room here for people if they want to creatively grow. Maybe it's just now coming to the forefront, but there's always been room. Because I, you know, I said before, <laughs> not everywhere's like that. We have something special here. Yeah. You know, and, mm. and not not just, you can't just walk into any town in America or wherever and have this sort of spirit, this sort of communal pride, you know. Mm. So I know we talked about some of kind of the, the pros of, of maybe marketing in, in Albuquerque a little bit. I mean, we're, we're fairly different, I think, than mm. a lot of places. What are some of the challenges? I don't want to say cons, just challenges, challenges. because New Mexico is a different place. It's 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 the same thing. Yeah. That the, the pro is also the challenge. The you know what helps you out can can also cause roadblocks. It's this idea in New Mexico that we have been hurt before. Mm -hmm. We have all we've done all of this to 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 distill our experiences to make sure that what we're taking in is is kind of only the best, and we've vetted it. Through whatever through whatever vetting system that that we think provides us with the best whatever, but what that means is that there there is a lot of skepticism. Is that you have to work harder. It's not uh, the mentality of well, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. I would say that a lot of businesses in New Mexico and a lot of target markets in New Mexico as purchasers. They have the mentality of, I, I can't trust you until you give me a reason to. And one, the, those two things can be healthy right. when done right. They can also be unhealthy when not mm -hmm. done right. Mm -hmm. the, the implicit trust in everything until you're given a reason not to trust or the, the decision to not trust until given a reason to. Uh, both can be good or bad. And I think we see both of that. We see it both helping and hurting. 
Now, so is there a favorite marketing project that you've done personally in Albuquerque or that so, you guys have worked on that you're like, yeah, this is working? So we we have actually just, my favorite project that we've worked on while we were here, and it, it bugs me because I actually can't say the, the brand specifically, no, but it is a retail brand of, 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 of fine leather goods, and it is a New Mexican story. It's the story of somebody who, who saw a need and said, I can do this well, I can do this better. They went from New Mexico to Italy and like all the way over to Italy and they, they they basically developed this line of leather goods that was in line with 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 how they wanted to be seen as a, as a fashionista but also the practicality of it the use of it they saw a need that needed to be filled and they said I don't want to go to New York I don't want to go to LA to, to meet this need I want to make it here locally I want to be some I want to I want to have this brand be here locally I want to use the best raw materials that we can from overseas where where everybody says they make their their right. stuff but we actually want to do it there and then bring it here and make this a local grassroots movement and so we got a blank slate with it we wow. we got to be able to create this brand create this persona and help them develop what does it mean to be you as a new mexican what does it mean to be you as a business owner and what is, what do your products mean to be to to be that product and how do we make that work and we developed a campaign around it that was the most fun to work on. Not in the least because we got to work with, uh, you know, four-figure fine Italian leather and just, like, have it around yeah. all the time. Um, but that was, that was so much fun. And that was a great example of how you take an idea that is homegrown, that is grassroots. You don't outsource it. You don't see who else where. In the past, in New Mexico, people have done that. Right. You think, I have this idea, who do I get? Top golf, come here, top golf, you know, or, uh, you know, come here, Intel, right. come here. Bring in something uh, else. Bring that's not in local. something else that's not local, which, again, good and bads all, all over the place. When done right, it's, it's really good. When done wrong, it's not so good. But that was a great example of choosing to go grassroots, choosing to be a brand that was grown right here and then and, and then work with it and use it. So that was a lot of fun to work on. And we actually got to, to we've been working working on that almost since we got here. They were one of our first clients that we brought on. And so that was a ton of fun because it really gave us insight into how small business owners in this market work, how buyers in this market work. And it's not, I would say the business is local, but the buyer base is definitely not. It was, oh, no, it was no. so. From what um, you're saying, there's probably a market all over the place. It's yeah, exactly. So it's an idea of a small New Mexico company going into New York, going into LA, going into San Francisco well, and trying to shake We've seen up. that with Green Chili. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. So we're coming up on about our, our halfway point, but we will take a quick break and we will be right back. Hey, Albuquerque, what's up? This is Lindsay. Have you ever thought about your coffee? I mean, really thought about your coffee. It's not just something you drink in the morning. It should be something that makes your whole day. And it should be something that supports your community. That's why you need to check out Red Rock Roasters because they're local, they're coffee, and you're supporting your local coffee community when you drink it. Did you know that they have a subscription service? That's right. Go to their website, check it out, and you can subscribe and have coffee freshly picked from their roasters and sent directly to your house. Thank you so much for listening. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Ryan. Are you a small business owner, entrepreneur, or creative trying to reach more people with their awesome product, service, or brand? 
right here in the middle of our show, Lindsay and I have reserved up to three minutes just for you. All we're asking is 30 bucks a minute. We'd be happy to plug your very own awesome endeavor right here on What's Up ABQ. Want to sponsor an episode? For 100 bucks, we'll give you the middle, plus extra plugs at the beginning and end of the show, too. To get started, send us an email at abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. That's abqwhatsapp at gmail.com. Together, let's keep shining a light on all the wonderful things and people which make Albuquerque awesome. Ciao. And we're back. And maybe you tuned in halfway. Maybe your, your finger slipped on, on the, the episode dial. We'll have you introduce yourself again and who you're with. Yeah, my name's Kevin Wade. I am the market director of Griffin Wink Advertising's Albuquerque, New Mexico office. Uh, we're a full-service advertising agency with offices in Texas as well as New Mexico. So one of the things I wanted to ask, especially since you're, you're from here, as a creative, as a designer, I know that you put your whimsy to work. <laughs> Where do you go in town to recharge the whimsy? Oh gosh, over there. See, I've done with mountains. mountains if you're absolutely. looking on the podcast, yeah, if you're looking on the podcast, <laughs> this is for. It's like what in Willy Wonka. This is for when they invent smellovision. This is for when they invent podcasts where you can see what we're talking about. Um, the mountains, the outdoors, absolutely always the outdoors. I <laughs> I loved Texas when I lived there, but it's flat, y'all. <laughs> it's it's flat. Um, but I I absolutely love being outside in New Mexico. The inspiration that the outdoors, particularly the outdoors here in New Mexico gives is just incredible, not only for just adventuring, recharging, refocusing, but also being creative. Favorite places? I love the Pecos Wilderness. I was at Lake Catherine last weekend up on Santa Fe Baldy, just looking out over literally a 363-degree uh, view of New Mexico. But the reason I love the, the outdoors in New Mexico and the reason I think it, it is such a great creative source is you always talk about you always hear people talk about the mountains in Colorado you hear people talk about the 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 big rock formations and the arches and the the vast deserts of Utah and then the great ranching plains and hill country of Texas New Mexico has all of that yes, in does. two hours you could drive past every single one of those things not to the same extent that those states have it, but we have all of it right here right. there is like endless opportunity to go out and find creativity and if for some reason climate up a mountain isn't feeding your creative juices or it's not recharging you it's not enough adventure fine go over to the ML place and climb to through some lava tube caves or go down into you know Rio Doso and Cloudcroft and go you know it's there's just there's there's just so much and so absolutely when it comes to creative inspiration the outdoors has got to be it for me isn't it amazing how when people have never been here and then they come here they're like oh oh this is not what I expected yeah, exactly. and you're like oh, welcome again yeah. I've been trying to tell you yeah <laughs> so you know? When I was first dating, who's now my wife, when I said I was from New Mexico, first they had to figure out that it was a state. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then um, uh, they're like, well, wouldn't you go and visit? Bring us some sand back. And I was like, did, did, did I say desert? I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not all just white sands and hobs. And... Yeah, but, but we have so much right at our own fingertips. Mm-hmm. You know, you were just listing off a couple of places before, because I just recently moved back from Missouri. Okay. Um, I was living there for a little while. And, uh, Glad you saw the light. Welcome back. It's scary and cold. When your eyeballs start to crunch and it's negative 15 out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, <laughs> but, you know, we have yeah. we have white sands. We have all these these, these these wilderness places. We we have all these places that we can go to that are, like you said, literally two hours 
maybe four max. Yeah, and that gets you to like each corner of the state. <laughs> Six yeah. if you want to go to Denver, but I mean, let's be real here. Let's, yeah, let's be real here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, none of that nonsense. It's too but... crowded. <laughs> yeah. And that's amazing and that's incredible. It's so awesome. Mm -hmm. No, I absolutely, I, and I think uh, as far as creative inspiration goes, there are places in the city that are great to go to for creative inspiration, but a lot of that pulls from all of the ideas of the nature around it. You go into mm -hmm. Knob Hill, you see murals that have been done. The new mural that just got thrown up on the old disco building. Which I love. Um, it's fantastic, and it was done by a group of guys that just came through New Mexico, and they said, like, we want to put this, uh, I don't remember the full story, but they said, we want to put this here, and we want it to represent New Mexico. And it's just this beautiful, the, the, every single letter is a different beautiful landscape and you go downtown and you see the same thing happening. You see buildings being built that are reminiscent of, you know, sand dunes or mountains or trees or mesas. And it's all just, I mean, you go up to Santa Fe and literally all of the architecture and all of the, you know, all the things that govern how you actually build the building, all of the codes, they want you to make it look like the landscape. Right. Well, right. And you see that even with the colors. Yeah. Because you come here and you realize that a lot of the standard colors that mm -hmm. are in Albuquerque or Santa Fe or wherever are actually reflecting the real colors that we see around us. So yeah. The sky or or the uh, the ground, you know, it's like kind of adobe color, or you see the yellow from like the sun or the sunset, mm -hmm. and that's just incredible. It's symbiotic in a way that not a lot of other places are. You have development, and development is directly opposed to nature, whereas New Mexico, in its kind of strange, <laughs> skeptical, always wanting to be aware kind of way is saying, no, these things can live together and they should live together. They have lived together here right. yeah. for hundreds and hundreds of years and they should continue to live well, together. We're in a rare place where the fusion of so many cultures has worked yeah. and is working mm -hmm. and will work. And I, This is funny. Just a quick observation on that. I think the fusion of cultures works so well in Albuquerque is because Albuquerque literally does not have room to keep growing in any direction, right. and right. most places, if if you see, if you talk about different boroughs of New York or different parts of Detroit, Chicago, Miami, L.A., it's spidered out and it's grown out, and every individual little city or suburb has its own culture. Albuquerque is boxed in. Native American land to the north, Air Force and airport land to to the south, mountains, Mesa. We ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Rio Rancho doesn't count. That's suburbia. No. But, and, I love your rancho. Um, <laughs> Maybe you guys can grab a little Rio Rancho. Rancho. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it literally, you, 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 the only choice you have is to gentrify, is to grow together, is to figure out new ways to do life together, not only relationally, but in terms of business, in terms of design, in terms of architecture, and in terms of how we choose to use our time, purchase our products, grow our lives, and grow our businesses. So kind of in that vein... Where do you see our city going in the future? You stole my question. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we keep growing with the craft mentality, but then also use what we've learned about ourselves, about the importance of doing things well, whether that's locally or not. That's a big thing is if Albuquerque commits to excellence and excellence with the kind of skepticism that keeps excellence excellence, whether it's local or not, if we can, if we can adhere to that, if we can all agree to that. 
I think Albuquerque is going to grow into something very special over the next 10 years. We just saw a huge kind of unprecedented change over the, over the last 10 years with how Albuquerque has responded to, to the recession, to a lot of different things that's happened. And um, I think we're coming out on top and I think we will continue to. But I think the importance of that is the, the mix of knowing that we can do things right, but then being willing to also take risks and use the resources of others to help that happen. So are you seeing any trends in like how you market between different generations in Albuquerque? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and if so, yeah. like, what are they? I'm curious. Like, so I think the gap between, um, b- between the, the older generation, mm-hmm. Gen Xers and baby boomers, baby boomers, gosh. And uh, again, yeah. Uh, and then Gen-, Gen Z and the younger millennials, that gap is, I think, almost bigger than any other place I've ever seen <laughs> because the older generation uh, in New Mexico, they have their tradition. They have the way that things have been done for time out of mind. And, and it's really hard. To, to, to get them to change habits. I mean, it's really hard to get them to understand the way things change and the way things can change for the better because under a lot of the mentality of that older generation, change is, is directly related to, to danger. And for the younger generations, the younger millennials, Generation Z that's in, you know, I guess high school and college right now, mm-hmm. that they see the change of maybe the last 10 years and they're like, change is awesome. Look at all these things that have changed just while we've been sitting here. It's the, it's the age of information. It's the digital age. Every change that they've seen has been in the interest of getting them things cheaper or faster or better, making everything more accessible. And so the younger generation loves that. And I think in New Mexico, we see a very, very, very wide separation between those two. Um, and so it's hard. You, you almost have to, and I'll, I'll compare it to Texas again. In Texas, um, especially over in West Texas, you have sons that have been brought up by their fathers who've been brought up by their grandfathers, and you sit them next to each other, and they literally look like three pictures from three different... It's, it's you know, like in Missouri, yeah. too. Yeah, and so, and, and yeah. so and the things have been passed down and taught and accepted to where the, the ideals of the grandfather may be very, very... Uh, visible in the ideals of the grandson. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas here in New Mexico, you see that when it comes to culture. You see that when it comes to faith. You see that when it comes to a lot of very deeply held things. What you don't see that in, I don't think, is is purchase intent, is the digital acceptance Mm -hmm. of the the influencer culture, the viral culture. The the youngsters, I'm what, 28? And I'm like, the youngsters, (laughs) they've taken that and run. Um, People that just won't stay off your lawn. Yeah. My wife just bought a house, so we're just like, on Fourth of July, we're like, gosh darn, spent sparklers sitting on our front porch when his kids sink there. We we're in bed at nine o'clock, but and so <laughs> and you're slowly turning into your parents. I uh, know exactly. Uh, great, great ad campaign, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, um, that yeah. One, I actually mm-hmm. I love that one. I'm like, it's so true. We can't so stop true. you from becoming your parents, but we can. Yeah, it's, yep. no, it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's, a it's a good truth. It's a solid truth in there. Exactly, and that's tell again. It's telling a story, right? It's it's showing that there is a generational gap, but also some generational things you can't run away from and using that story in order to, to, to show people why they need things and how things work. So, yeah, tangent, but there it is. Yeah. It's okay. We're all about tangents. We're all about tangents. <laughs> I know. Well, so I would, and maybe, I don't know if you can answer this, answer this or not. There seems to be this debate going on between what years constitute baby boomers, Gen X, oh, millennials, and I'm like, Okay, and this is purely for selfish reasons I'm asking. Ding, ding, fight. (laughs) 
Okay, I have been told that I am an exennial, like it's a micro generation mm-hmm. in between, between X and millennial. But I and then like I've they... been told, no, no, you're a millennial, and I'm like, but I feel like I'm too old to be a millennial. <laughs> but I feel like I'm every being, year, but they I'm too young to be Gen X. So whatever. Eighty five. Eighty three. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's well, I think Ted, you are. You're right on the cusp because I think yeah. it's eighty. Technically, it's like eighty two to ninety five. Okay. Is a millennial. Okay. And so you're you're yeah. So um, a, a barely lady made that it there. Chelsea. Um, she is a uh, she's she's 35 or 36 as well and she refuses to be categorized as a millennial but That's she also refuses to be categorized as a Gen X exactly yeah. okay just, okay <laughs> don't All worry right. you are not alone yeah good see the struggle is real it's not just me <laughs> what I want to know is what is it recently I say recently the last 10 15 years yeah categories Categories, you know, like Gen Y, Gen well, X, like Gen Y2K, or why are people so like so fixated on categories? Well, it's everything from your generation to what's your Enneagram number, oh, you yes, know, yeah. to what everybody wants to category seven. Yeah, I, I mean, I've done it all, yeah. Um, but and so, ENFP, um, if you're wondering, yeah, ENFJ, yeah, well, just it's, because like we're hyper connected to information and so we like things quick, yes. fast, easy. We're researchers, and that's something I think that 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 a lot of people that are complaining about the research habit or the the buying habits or the attention spans of what? younger millennials yeah exactly <laughs> millennials and gen z what what they don't realize is we are uh, the 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 again the youngsters they're learning to, to 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 research and to multitask in ways that are just incredible they can figure out what they want how they're going to get it what is the what is what is the path to purchase for literally anything and they will have that research in about 10 minutes they will have their phone here they'll have their computer here they'll have their television here and they'll be watching the walking dead while following a forum by looking on instagram and it's all so by the end of an hour of multitasking over three screens they will have they will have taken in and distilled so much information into just what they find is important and that's where you get the influencer culture because then if you can figure out a way to share what you found important or interesting or exciting or creative or visually appealing about any one thing and you can create something out of it that resonates with others that's when you become an influencer air quotes for those not you know for those not seeing the podcast for those not seeing the podcast not yet anyway yeah so no, it's it's crazy. The, that whole ca- the, the categorization of everything, the researching of everything, the decision. It's the don't tell me what to do. Let me figure it out for myself. Well, so I have a seven year old. Okay? okay, and I literally watch him on a tablet, and like he, it's 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 insane. Yeah, I have no like he figures this out. He navigates things. He'll watch like a YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. then he'll be like, and he'll just keep going, and then he'll be playing it's a game crazy. on the side. And I'm like, you're seven. I didn't teach you how to do any of this. Like he's figured it out. Mm-hmm. He recently figured out how to video call me from his tablet. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm like, um, excuse me, like, like who, who, who set that up for you? He's like, mom, I just figured it out, and I'm like, oh my god, he's okay. been doing that with me. He, oh, I know. It, it's funny because it just started with one little blip of like, like a message, and it didn't yeah. make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then it's mostly and it's, emojis, and, and, and yeah, and then, mm-hmm. and then slowly it was a word, and then it was a couple words, and then it was a, a, a failed like. Hi, video. Uncle Ryan. Yeah, it was like a failed video yeah. call, <laughs> and it was like it was like that, that part in like Jurassic Park with the raptors, and they're testing the yeah. like, systematically for weaknesses. But it's terrifying because we're talking about the rate that people get information, and I'm looking at this young. Younger 
generation and I'm thinking, okay, when I'm like 80, I am in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so lost. We, we give our parents a hard time. I know. You know, but it's like, Again. no, one day we will be them. It could oh. happen to you. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My little, my little nephew, I think last time I saw him, he picked up just like a little toy telephone and started trying to swipe on it. Uh-huh. He's like a year like, and a half old well, and he's just like swiping. Yeah. And you already know. They already know what mm-hmm. to do and how to get it done. And yeah. One of your kids, I remember when I was over, he's like, mom, what, what, what was your cell phone like when you were my age? Oh no, they asked me, they asked me if Google if Google was a person when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like no. Google honey, was literally a, a guy sitting there yeah, with an encyclopedia was, well, and a yellow on. book and a map quest going. Hold on, rip encyclopedia of I'm like, I don't want to blow your mind because you're only like five. But here, yeah. let me just tell you something. Google was not around back, back in the dark days. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, how did you learn anything? Books, books. <laughs> what? I know that just blows my mind though. It's the way the, the way we are going is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the, and that note, like how do you, how do you think marketing is going to change in five to ten years? Oh, or specifically, man. like digital marketing. So I actually just read an article on this today, and so much was being talked about not 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 about more information being available, but about segmenting that information down so that you know search engines no longer have monopolies. Right. Trying to figure out ways for that to happen. Trying to figure out ways for people to be fed things that are not only targeted to them, but actually relevant. So So not just, not just demographic targeting, but behavioral targeting, contextual targeting, and not just in a way where it reads search engine history and reads keywords and keywords. You said dog. So now it's trying to sell you dog food. Yeah, exactly. It's in, but, 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 uh, to figure out a way to market so granularly that what and, and balance that with feeling like your privacy is being impinged mm-hmm. upon. So how do you mm-hmm. toe the line between privacy and actually getting targeted results for something that you might actually be Do you think for? something like that ultimately must be automated or do you think there will always be a human element? I think there'll always be a human element, but I think most of it has to be automated because there's just there's just too many numbers to crunch. There's too much relying on an algorithm, and the the, the way algorithms are built, there's still there's still very much a human. A sense about the way algorithms are created. I don't ever think we're going to get to a point where it's going to be 100% automated. You're still going to have someone with a strategic mind mm-hmm. that that is going to be able to place these things into programmatic. Programmatic is another big thing that that that's going to continue growing over the next few years, and it's programmatic is a part of that uh, contextual behavioral demographic targeting as well. I think I think there's always going to need to be that human element because not not only in the placement of advertising but creativity. You always have to have somebody with a creative mind that is thinking about ways to do things differently, design things differently. And so I think that that's going to be a big trend over the next few years is is you're going to have one group that 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 needs to learn how to utilize all of this programmatic very well and another group that that knows how to be creative and use traditional creative principles to 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 make all of that work together. We we call ourselves um, at Griffin Wink. We use the term tradigital. It's a fun term that we use. I saw use that on your website. So was interesting. We use the term tradigital to kind of get this idea into people's heads that it's not all about traditional media buying strategy, design, traditional ways of thinking, traditional ways of of, of developing and being creative. But it's also not all about the algorithm. Right. Right. <laughs> it's a mix of both, and it has to be a mix of both. And the best companies. 
that produce the best campaigns show you a solid mix of both. So let's say, and I'm going to give you just a second to plug okay. for a second. <laughs> so, so somebody comes to you, they're like, look, I'm, I'm an artist or I'm an artisan. I, I make, um, I don't know, jewelry in mm -hmm. Albuquerque and I want to implement some kind of marketing campaign. Yeah. What do you do for them? How do you start? How do you kind of get the ball rolling for them? What's your, yeah. what, what can you do for someone like that? I think the first thing that we that we tell people is that we want to learn their story. We want to learn who they are and how this idea came about, because that, like we said, is ultimately going to be the thing that's going to separate themselves. And then we talk to them about that importance of remembering where we came from, remembering that the story and the imagery and the design and the production and the photography is so important for building the brand, telling the story, but the website and the search engine optimization and the programmatic ad buying and the social media management are the ways that you are going to get that into the hands of people. And so we work with them first to figure out who they are and what is their brand. And then we develop a custom set of services to be able to help them reach whatever goal that is. So we don't have, like, as you would say, like a sales book where you can say, well, here's the services you offer. What do you right. think you need? Right. We usually don't even tell prospective clients about the services we offer until we figured out what they want, what they mm -hmm. need, and who they are because it's going to be so different for every single person. Um, even if even if two companies are utilizing the same three services, let's say social media advertising, search engine optimization through a well-optimized and responsive website, and a television commercial, and another company is doing the same three things. The way that that looks and the way that they are going to communicate with their target even looks so different within that. That's what we want to figure out first is who are you and what are your goals? And then what do we have right. that's going to help you tell that story? So we want you to say again who your name is, how people can reach you best. Yeah. And then we got one more big question. Fantastic. Well, um, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Before, yeah. I just wanted to know what's the name origin? Of oh, like, I'm Griffin so curious. Advertising. Like, so it's uh, it started to. as the Griffin Group over in Texas, and okay. then um, <laughs> back is in the mid to 2006, I think. The the Winks, uh, their father and son team, okay. uh, came on board with Rusty Griffin. So it's Brian Wink and Randy Wink, his dad, businessman, and his son, who were in who was in the field of advertising as well. And then Rusty, who is a, a designer who took the the traditional agency over from his dad, they came together and made Griffin Wink advertising. So it sounds it it does almost sound like some sort of fantastical, I don't know, I, I love the name and I always ask them about that and they're oh, like okay. it's literally our names it well, just, see, it just and came together thing, like, so well what's the story well. behind this yeah. name? Because I want to know like, you know, it's a, it's an interesting like name, it, it does draw people so yeah, it's, it's curious does, yeah. so if someone's so, listening and uh, they're <laughs> maybe interested in getting marketing or ad design mm -hmm. uh, going for themselves, how would they reach out to you? So you can reach out on our website which is just griffinwink.com G-R-I-F-F-I-N-W-I-N-K.com. And there's a contact form on our website, and that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. Or you can come visit us. Our door is always unlocked during business hours over here at One Executive Center, uh, 8500 Manal, and we're in A120. If you walk up through the building, we've got our windows open. There's big yellow walls that you can see through, the, really through the windows in the parking lot. Right. So that's it. we want to draw you in. So that's where we are. So head towards the yellow walls. Okay. <laughs> All right. And the last big question that we ask everybody, mm -hmm. are you ready? I think I'm ready. Red or green? Green. 
<laughs> green. Why? Roasted green. Why? Okay, so red chili. Here, okay, here's the thing. I, sorry, guys. I know it's the end of the episode, but no, soapbox. No, it's so red, and this is. I have this discussion with my pastor, who's from Australia, and he just came over here, and he decided he liked red chili more. <laughs> and I don't understand it. Like, as that somebody who just came yeah. in, and okay, so green chili. There's so much you can do with it. There's so many different ways of preparing it. There's a depth of flavor there based on how you prepare it. Red chili, you just make it into sauce. It's just the sauce. Or you get it into a seasoning and you put it in there, but it's kind of one flavor to me. Like, I really like Christmas because you get that flavor, but it's all about building the flavor profile, guys. Green chili, you actually have the fruitiness of the chili. You've got the spiciness. You've got the roastiness. You've got the seeds. You've got the fruit. I mean, it for me, it's a no-brainer. I feel like maybe you need to just take out a personal campaign. <laughs> I know. About a personal chili. ad campaign. You're like, guys, I green just, chili. I'm here to convince you. The more you know. Yeah. The more yeah, you know. The more you right. know. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. And then, and then the kind of follow-up to that is if you were to go somewhere in town for a good green chili, mm. where would you go? Oh, man. I just love Sadie's so much. I love Sadie's green chili. I love the, even the stuff that they have in the stores. It's just incredible. And I know uh, that they've gotten bigger over the last few years, but I feel like they've they very much still kept that. And it's spicy. Like, you go in there, and it's just spicy. And I love that. Love Monroe's. Monroe's does have good red chili, too. I don't know. One time my car broke down at Sadie's, and I was like, yeah, this is not even a problem right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fine. I'll, like, I'll call right. AAA, and then I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go inside. And tell them, take yeah. your right. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a few hours, so no big deal. 10 pounds of those rich. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to share with maybe potential clients, people who are listening? Mm-hmm. A tidbit of wisdom. A tidbit of wisdom, a pearl of great price, <laughs> you know, whatever. Oh, I think... <sighs> The, the only piece of no wisdom <laughs> that I think, or the best piece of wisdom I think that I could provide is kind of what I said earlier about being true to your roots, to, to being craft, to being local, to, to having your traditions, and to building whatever you do off of that. If it's something you're buying, if it's a business you're starting, if it's something you're going out and doing, be true to that, but do not be afraid to let other influences in. Because you're a New Mexican, you will be sufficiently skeptical to make sure that that is going to be the best thing for you. So that so you can know that just through being a Burqueño or a New Mexican, that, that you probably have a well-placed skepticism that is going to make sure that you make well-founded decisions. Don't be afraid to step out, try those new things, make those new decisions, but also stick to your roots and love the state that we're in. Cool. Right. I said it better. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you so much no, for meeting you. with us. This is fantastic. I just yeah, wanted to note. So, people, again, you can't see where can't we're see sitting, this. but the walls are yellow. <laughs> There's all these like very bright and colorful ads and album covers and things behind him, and it's it's really been fun to sit here and just enjoy. <laughs> we're we're and big screen in. printing nerds. I love yeah, it. we've got screen prints just all up over our. Break it's great. It's no, it's yeah. fantastic. It's good stuff. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, we'll see you later. Ciao. What's up, Albuquerque? It's Lindsay. There is nothing fresher than a warm, delicious cup of coffee while you're sitting on your patio watching the balloons go up for Balloon Fiesta. You know what's even better than that? Red Rock Roasters. They're local, just like Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. So what you need to do is go over to their website or go to their roastery on Jefferson and check them out. They provide coffee cuppings, samples, and guess what? They have a subscription service where you can have coffee delivered to your home monthly. Yes, you do not have to go to the coffee. The coffee will come to you. So next time you think about 
about having a nice warm cup of coffee while those balloons are going up or coming down, think about Red Rock Roasters. Thanks, Albuquerque, and we enjoy you listening. This is Lindsay. And this is Ryan. If you liked what you heard on today's podcast, please feel free to leave us a review wherever you're listening. And we will talk to you soon. What's up, Albuquerque? This is Ryan. Lindsay and I want to thank you so much for listening. Each week, we're striving to bring you the best of our community. So want to be involved? Here's three ways you can help. One, if you've got a local business, service, or brand, we'd love to hear from you. Better yet, we'd love to consider interviewing you. All you need to do is email us at abqwhatsup at gmail.com. That's abqwhatsup at gmail.com. Second, you can donate. Like all good things in our city, this show takes time to produce. Want to help pitch in for our gas? Maybe buy us a coffee or a beer? Well, you can do all that at our website. That's www.whatsupabq.com. That's www.whatsupabq.com. And last, you can help us spread the word. Share our episodes and posts on social media and drop us reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Every bit helps. Thanks. And this is Ryan. And until next time, ciao.